This is Jason Cast. This is Scott Nearman. We are MP Local, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I tell you what, Scott, this business is not easy. It has its own unique challenges. This is not about bottom line only. This is not about profit only. We're about mission and changing communities in the nonprofit world. And that is why we started this podcast called NP Local. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, you local listeners, to another episode of MP Local Podcast, where we want you to know you are not alone. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And we are here for you, Scotty. Good to be back with you, brother. Morning, sir. You know, to these people who are listening, they're thinking, why does he always say good to be back? I mean, you guys are just chatting. Well, they don't realize. I mean, heck, we, we don't sit here and do 15 of these a day, Scott. I mean, we got to break them up every once in a while. We got families. We got beautiful wives that need to be shown off across the world. You know, what do you? We, I'm glad to be back. You? Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. It's good to see you. Now, now see, local listeners, what you always got to understand about Scott and I are is we're actually like two completely different people. Okay. Completely different people. Like, <laughs> I'm cool and he's kind of a nerd. You know, it's one of those things. I'm real dumb. He's real smart. It has one of those things, right? Like, like I'm the one you just kind of, I'm the entertainer. He's actually the one that you would listen to to get through life good, right? So it, that's why we try to bring this together to give it to you both. And I always just like to get Scott smiling, to be honest with you, local listeners. And if you're not watching on YouTube, I, you're not seeing where I am. He's over there cheesing, and that's what I always try to get out of him. Uh, he's always so, don't you, local listeners, don't you tell how, how serious he always is? I always like to make him feel uncomfortable. Scott, I always love doing this with you, brother. I, I talked to one of our listeners yesterday, Jason, and uh, uh, he he uh, was unsolicited. I did not know he was listening to our last episode. And he For said, real? He said, I said, hey, what do you think about my co-host? I said, he, <laughs> he was kind of razzing on me that last episode. And he said, oh, yeah, I can tell. He brings the fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you're exactly right. I admit it. <laughs> no, it's absolutely right. But but I mean, no one you have a degree in this, Scott. I mean, for, for for us to act like you don't know what the heck you're talking about. I mean, seriously, you're so good at this stuff that at local listeners behind the scenes, the whole reason why we put the podcast together, I would listen to him talk about this stuff. And I'm thinking, man, when I'm in face to face on the ground with these social services, these nonprofits, I mean, they're having these issues that Scott has a lot of the answers to. Hence why we created the podcast. Kind of went off on a rant there, but came back around. Scott, we're back on to, uh, why, don't, why don't you continue on? This is actually kind of part three, because we really did awesome in part one and part two. And so what was part three? What are we going to kind of recap here? You want to tell them? Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, we just wanted to bring some tangible takeaways. Um, you know, it's good to talk about the theory and the research, but uh, what are some tangible things you can do? We're talking about the missing middle and mm -hmm. if you think about the donor pyramid, if you haven't heard our last couple of episodes, please check out uh, the donor or the missing middle episode one and episode two. The middle of the pyramid, right? The very top is a pinnacle gift, a major gift, the gift mm -hmm. at the end of someone's life, maybe. Uh, the very bottom is your special events, your one-time donors. They show up for something, but your challenge is to keep them engaged, to get them giving on a regular basis, whatever that means for them. And so that mm -hmm. middle... Uh, and what I found uh, uh, myself is that that middle is missing. Okay, we're not stewarding, we're not 
engaging. We're not doing as much for the missing middle as the time we spend at the bottom of the pyramid, getting people in, which is important, uh, but it's mm -hmm. our lowest level, smallest gifts and the time we spend, which is fully appropriate at the top of the pyramid, but we're not spending enough in the middle. And the point of the research is that we're leaving money on the table when we don't engage that middle. And so that's what we've been talking about. We want to give you some tangible next steps here. Uh, uh, Recapping though real quick, can I do that? So leadership, the mid-level, there's eight habits, Scott, before you continue on. Yes. We had the leadership was everything, local listeners. Then we also, uh, we remember, you got to look at the pyramid to really understand what he's talking about. Number two, it takes people power. Wow, well said. I think we all know that people are essential in things, but when you're trying to connect with other people to actually get them to express their passion, uh, you really, the people is everything. But busting those silos, I think I talked a little bit about that, uh, um, uh, uh, Scott, that, that that's in every business. Every business that's right. we have these silos. Uh, attribute, uh, attribute this, you know, what doesn't get measured, get doesn't, uh, what gets measured gets done. I also wanted to add to that, Scott. And I didn't, I didn't say that, but a uh, saying I've said a long time is if you can't measure it, it's not real, right? We try to say like, well, how many donors do you have that are, that are middle donors? Oh, I have uh, about 500. Well, if you're not yeah. measuring that, you don't have 500. You don't know what you have, right? So that's <laughs> really, really important. Five, getting the content right. I think that is really, really important. No, it's right. not about you. Deep substance, major focus on stewardship, things like that. Six, all we need is just a little more patience. And I don't know who was the band. All we need. Oh, that was uh, Guns N' Roses, right? <laughs> all we need is just a little patience, right? It, I'm, okay, sorry. I, I, a lot of them know what I'm talking about. Scott doesn't, but he does. All right, number seven, listen up. That's just listen right? Imagine that's what I tell my kids. They still don't listen. The internet is not the easy button. You, you said something on that. I thought that was interesting. Did you say, I'm remembering back from the last time you said something, you said something that was, I thought was pretty good about that. Yeah, can't, can't remember. That's another reason for you local listeners to go back and listen to the episode so you can remember what Scott said that was so good that Jason can't remember. So here we are to the profiles of success, Scott. And we're going to give a couple little profiles just to kind of say, here's what these people did. Go ahead. So I think uh, there's several organizations listed at the end of this piece of research. And mm -hmm. I think what we need, let me get it back up here in front of me here. And while um, he's pulling that up, local listeners, I'm going to send it to you because he said it to me. It's search. Wait. SeaChangeStrategies.com no, forward slash resources. So that's SeaChangeStrategies.com forward slash resources. Go ahead. Scott. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yep, we will. Good call. So Good call. We will. Essentially, there's two organizations summarized uh, as to what they did uh, that had some significant improvement in their middle giving, their middle, missing middle program. Um, mm -hmm. And one of them was really a giving club. Uh, first of all, they, they used volunteers to uh, round up, you know, spread out. They, they use, Jason, what I call a, um, a network management kind of uh, approach. And, and I've done this in the past okay. just a little bit. When you can engage volunteers that really care about your organization, but they're maybe located in different geographic regions, uh, especially if you're a large organization or you have a large geographic territory that you need to cover, you need a voice because the staff, which is always limited in a nonprofit, 
cannot be everywhere that they need to be and attend every chamber event and attend, you know, such a networking coffee or whatever they have to do to to get out there. And so they leverage these uh, volunteers across a large area, 32 communities, according to this. Um, And so this essentially spread out their message and it engaged people. uh, And I think that's a good thing to do anyway, right? Absolutely. Uh, And then they had local gatherings. And so this federal club, as they called it, um, you know, they they had this a special community portal uh, on the web. So they, they took all of these things that we can do and they kind of integrated to come up with a decentralized model. And I think that for a large organization or large geography, that's a very good uh, idea is to not try to do everything out of your main hub. Right. You just can't right. can't always do that. Uh, it's important, like some of these, some of us, also, Scott, real quick, some of the people yeah. listening to this, I mean, these annual giving ranges are 1200 to $5,000, right? They had yeah. 561,000 donors. And so I think it's important that we don't beat this up and you look, you look at this local listener and are like, oh, man, that's a lot going on. But what can we learn, right? What can we learn? One of the things I like to say, Scott, and I probably said it before, is that when you look at processes of businesses, right? Do you say to yourself, did the business get big and then create processes or did they create processes and get big? And I think one of the things to look for is this, right? What are they doing good that we can pull out, that we can start putting in place of our nonprofit that then maybe one day will look like this? And it may not be you running it, but maybe if you do a good enough job of setting your foundation, listening to what Scott's saying right now, maybe you're organization does look like this human rights campaign federal club in the future so it's important we can learn a lot from those who are bigger that's right and and i think you know your question of processes or growth you know what i'm experiencing right now in our foundation is we are growing so quickly the last few years uh, that we realize we don't have all the processes that we need in place in order to be as efficient and effective as we can be and so i think sometimes those things go hand in hand and i think in the nonprofit mm-hmm. world we uh we, we sort of uh, trial by fire a lot of times, but if, you know, if you're spending too much time on special events, you don't have time to, to reflect like this. And so of course, that's why we have this podcast to give you 20 minute nuggets of, uh, of things that you could think about, uh, and just force yourself to, uh, to do some planning. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, you know, moving on this, this is really when you'd set up a giving club, which is a, a clear strategy for a mid range donor, it's a combination of direct marketing and direct mail, uh, some online stuff, right? Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's important, but it's not as important as that personal touch. Uh, you get volunteers working the phones, board members working the phones, things like that. And, and so those are all strategies that can be used. But as you move up that pyramid, it's always about personalization. So targeting, as Jason said, measuring who we're going after here, and you're going to know some of the donors in there. So you need to think about what reaches them specifically, what their motivation is. Uh, but give them that incentive, right? And a giving club is really um, the best way uh, and what mm-hmm. most organizations do. But I guess my point is you have to integrate that multi-channel marketing and you have to dedicate the time and the staff resources to get it done or it will never happen. That's right. It's not a one and done also. It's an ongoing thing. That's right. That's right. So to have the processes to keep up with it and to be responsive and, and to do those things that would personalize, such as birthday cards and anniversary cards and sympathy cards on a routine basis. Middle Mocha, we got another one. Our last one before we'll just breeze over is the Rainforest Alliance. That, they did yeah, some pretty crazy and they've got stuff about there. the same 
um, mm-hmm. annual giving range, right? That thousand to five thousand. I think we said that early mm-hmm. in one of the other episodes that this is kind of the one to ten thousand, one to five thousand, depending on the size of your organization, is what that middle range is. So, how do you get mm-hmm. the thousand dollar donor, the five hundred dollar donor, uh, to step up a little bit? more or double that gift, or at least get send that in recurring on a regular basis. Um, and I think the big point that, that they're talking about here with this uh, is really about personalization. They're talking about how we communicate uh, with our, you know, uh, how we personalize membership materials for the giving club or whatever your strategy might be. Um, just little things sometimes make a big difference. Um, you know, one of the common things to do is to send, uh, send your, your members a certificate or a lapel pin or something because they're easy to mail um, and they're something that that's still a nice token indicating their membership. Now, if, if they're a business owner, they might frame that certificate and put it on their wall if they're proud of your organization and their corporate support of it. And if they're an individual like me, I may just stick it in a file or something like that. And, <laughs> you know, it's not something I'm going to add to my resume, but um, that's that's the kind of thing that you do just to personalize again because their names on the certificate, right? They gave they gave another example here. They said that uh, they're putting on like um, a uh, an event, and so they said that for the middle donors, they receive a customized versions of the invites. Um, yeah. But, uh, but it but it was like to a cult. It was a, like a a chocolate tasting. So it was like, yeah, everybody got this invite um, to come to this event, but there was a special chocolate tasting that the middle donors got a specific customized invitation to come to that. Exclusivity. It was. It was just another way for them to say, hey, we recognize that you're a little bit different or a little bit, I don't want to say different. What would I say there, Scott? You're a little bit more important to to our organization. And, and how do you say that? Cause you're really not more important. Someone who gives a thousand versus gives 10,000 is still important. What would you yeah. say you're being recognized more? What would you well, say? Yeah. There, I mean, it's, a, it's, um, everybody wants to feel important. And I think that's the challenge of the fundraiser, right? Is to make everybody at every level feel important. Mm-hmm. But if they've been a, your major givers, you know, it requires more creativity and more personal touch because they've been through all the lower levels earlier in life or with other True. organizations. So, I mean, we have that we have that question right now that that I've been wrestling with. What more can we do for this couple that has been so incredibly generous? And of mm-hmm. course, I mean, let's be frank. Uh, you want to do it while they're living, right? We 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 also are recognizing a donor. Uh, that passed and the husband and wife passed within six months of each other. And so we didn't get a chance to do something that we had planned during that six month time uh, or, or right before they fell ill. So, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta have a variety. And this is what they talk about with major gifts, move management. You're, you're going to move them from this category to this category. And you're going to check more boxes of the things that you've done for them. And so a, a well-oiled process is the answer. And the reality is, you know, unless you've got the staffing to do that, the resources to do that, it's never well oiled. And so, you know, but knowing, measuring who these people are that expect that is incredibly important. And that's, that's really where it all starts. Wrapping it all up though, they basically at the very end, they give a 30 day, just a little, I mean, this is what we're trying to do here. We don't want you to necessarily always, always listen to what uh, Scott and I are do because we'll make you a millionaire. Uh, we want you to start out at first, trying to get it. And so just stump the, the mid-little, but it's a 30-day plan. Here it goes, and it talks about week one, week two, week three, and week four, and it even talks about some ongoing 
stuff that you can do. Okay. I want you guys to go out there and read this. I don't want to sit here and just continue to beat this up over this. Um, and, uh, before we get off here and get on to our next podcast, which you guys are going to be excited about, can't wait to get to it, but anything you want to say here in this, in this four week wrap up here, uh, Scott. Yeah, I think the header sums it revamping your middle donor program will take time and money, but you Mm -hmm. can make progress in the next 30 days. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, this starts with, uh, yeah, one of the things I like to do, Jason, when we talk about a specific issue is take it to a board committee, have it bubble up, integrate those volunteers' ideas, uh, toss it around with your staff in a staff meeting. You got to take 15 minutes, right, and, and have these mm-hmm. conversations. Let it bubble up so that it is not just your idea as a chief development officer or your idea as the executive director, but it is we are thinking about this, and 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 from that obviously comes ideas that you would not have thought of, but it also comes with that credibility of a group has has vetted the idea. And mm-hmm. and then those folks end up helping you find the budget uh, and you make some proposals and you get the approvals that you need. Because a lot of times, Jason, that's the challenge is that that board is too involved in details. And, and of course, we've talked about board and staff roles on this podcast, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, let it be a, an, a group idea, but then put somebody in charge. That's and right. Put a timeline to it. That's how you get That's it right. done. And a lot of times people won't speak up because they know that if they're the ones that speak up, they're the ones that get put in, put in charge of that. Sometimes yeah. it's important to have an open meeting. You have to get that gorilla out of the room, meaning you have to say, hey, we're going to have some ideas. We're going to brain share. But just because you come up with the idea doesn't mean that you're stuck doing it. Because a lot of times people won't say anything, especially if they've served on a board or a committee before. They're like, well, <laughs> I'm just going to shut up. Well, number one, that's why it's always important also to maybe find somebody who's going to lead it before, takes the pressure off of everybody. But if you can't find that, maybe one of the things that you should do is you should say, hey, if you come up with the idea, you're not dedicated to it. We're trying to get those out. I've served on a lot of boards and I'm usually the smart and loud mouth that's always talking. So I'm always the one that gets stuck with things. So I'm very familiar with this. So yeah, it is. Just just primarily, this is a staff role, but board members can make phone calls, right? Board members Damn can right, write little can. articles for your newsletter, things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so divide the labor. You know, While mm-hmm. somebody's in charge, they need a team to, to get it done. Divide the labor. For all you listening to this podcast right there, that's got to be a little bit of weight off your shoulders. Divide the labor. You don't have to do it all yourself. And if you think you have to do it all yourself, I'm just going to say something. You may not be the leader that you thought you were. Leaders lead. They don't do the work. Okay. They do do the work, right? But it's about more of casting the vision and making sure that the people that are there on the bus are in the right seat doing the work. All right, Scott, I appreciate it very much. I hope you loyal listeners grab something out of this. You know, Scott and I are always going to be back. We can't wait to do this even more. Um, But this right here, once again, see strategy changes. SeaChangeStrategies.com. We'll put it in the show notes. messed up everybody. SeaChangeStrategies.com forward slash resources. It's also in the link to this podcast that you listen to, um, and we do greatly appreciate it. Last thing. No final words. I'm speechless. He's speechless. That doesn't happen. Well, it happens a lot. It doesn't happen very often with me. But once again, this has been MP Local Podcast, where we are here for you. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nierman. And you are not alone. We are out.